0: What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC on today's show. We're going to get you set for SEC Week Five. Get you caught up on all the latest headlines going on around the conference. We'll give you our picks for all the games happening this weekend. ESPN analyst Taylor McHarg will stop by to give his thoughts on a game or two. Locked On SEC starts right now.
1: You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Hey, yeah, what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked on SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode brought to you by Underdog. Sign up on underdogfantasy.com with the promo code LOCKEDON and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. bucks. i am Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked on SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. All right, let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots
1: out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch. Around the conference.
0: And we start with one of the teams that are not playing this weekend, the Tennessee Vols, undefeated, getting their bye week in this week. But uh, some news out of Vols campus Cedric Tillman, their star wide receiver, reportedly had a procedure this week in hopes of getting back on the field soon. Uh, Tillman, of course, 17 catches, 246 yards, and a touchdown. Sprained his ankle against Akron, missed Tennessee's game against Florida. Chris Lowe over at ESPN reported Thursday that Tillman currently recovering from tightrope surgery. He reported the surgery took place last week. Tillman's status was successfully kept from the media all last week. Some people were like, is he going to play? Is he not? Uh, He was not reported officially out until last Saturday morning in that game against Florida. But a lot of uh, college football fans, SEC fans, aware of the tightrope procedure that Tua had uh, when he was at Alabama. Uh, ESPN describes it they use a high strength suture instead of metal screws and the procedure can accelerate an athlete's recovery when coming back from a foot injury the Vols, like we said, off this week but a big game looms next week as Tennessee will travel to LSU and then they will host Alabama on October 15th, so will Cedric Tillman be back for that game against LSU? We will see, but Hendon Hooker doing just fine without Tillman against as he had 350 yards two touchdowns in that big win over the gators meanwhile over at kentucky mark stoops doing his media rounds this week and he was on with sirius xm on friday talking about kentucky football's undefeated start to the year being ranked number seven in the country and he joined danny cannell and dusty dvorak talking about kind of blocking out the noise he said look we're proud of the fact we're in the top 10 and i really like to finish in the top ten. It's not so much where you are right now, it's where you're going to finish. Stoops said he expects his team to be able to go to Oxford and find a way to win, but he knows the obstacles. He said it's a challenge. It's hard. It's difficult. But we embrace that. We know that. He said, what game am I uh, supposed to give up on? What game am I supposed to throw in the white towel? We always want to win. We go to compete to win every game knowing full well that it is a challenge. So Mark Stoops and The Wildcats going to Oxford. Somebody will take their first L of the season this weekend in that game. Meanwhile, over at Georgia, Kirby Smart and his Bulldogs heading on the road, taking their undefeated record over to Como to take on the Mizzou Tigers. Georgia running back Kenny McIntosh will reportedly travel with the team and could be available for this week's game at Mizzou. McIntosh is on the 70-man travel roster for Georgia It was unclear if he was going to be able to play this week. But the week four win over Kent State, he left the game in the fourth quarter. Kirby revealed he left with a thigh contusion that had previously bothered him uh, prior to the game and flared up in that second half. He rushed nine times for 44 yards before he left the game. Also had six catches for 35 receiving yards. So Georgia's got a pretty good backfield of backs. So if they can't put McIntosh out there, then feel pretty confident. The other group of guys, but uh, we'll see. Sounds like he's going to try to give it a go. Uh, Georgia-Mizzou, Saturday night, 7.30 Eastern from Como. Meanwhile, over at Alabama, Nick Saban preparing to take his team on the road where they have had some fits going on the road, playing some tough opponents, some tough games. They already did that earlier this year, going to Austin, playing a tight, close game with the Texas Longhorns but uh, Nick Saban talking about his opponent in Arkansas taking them on in Fayetteville Arkansas played them pretty tough last year in Tuscaloosa Nick Saban saying this week those guys are tough man they're physical they play hard they do a great job of doing what they do well they're really well coached I think it's a reflection of Sam Pittman's personality that's how their whole team is and that's what makes them a really good team they've got good players They've got great mental and physical toughness and really play hard and play together as a group. That'll be the 2.30 Central kickoff on CBS, Bama at Arkansas. And lastly, a full disclosure, we are taping this episode while South Carolina is playing South Carolina State. That game moved up to Thursday evening because of the hurricane, so we won't have a final for you here on the podcast. But going to assume the Gamecocks are going to win this one Uh, early on Spencer Radler throwing an interception on the first drive of the game so not a good start for the Gamecocks but they've kind of been that second half team in a lot of their games this year turning the offense on in the second half so we'll see uh, if the Gamecocks end up doing that but we'll assume for the sake of this podcast they've improved to three and two if they haven't they got way bigger issues than just a loss to South Carolina State so anyway That is going to do it for Around the Conference. Coming up next, we're going to catch up with our buddy Taylor McHarg real quick as he is uh, traveling, going to cover some college football games. We'll get his thoughts on uh, a game or two. Thank you guys for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you real quick about our friends over at Underdog Fantasy. It is the easiest place to spice up the college football season very easy to get started and go check out their app. Uh, just download it. It is uh, very easy to find. Just search underdog, underdog fantasy. That's it right there, and you can make all your picks. They got some really cool picks uh, in college football. Like if you like uh, North Carolina quarterback Drake May to go higher than, say, 250 passing yards against their opponent this week, you just pick the over or under. It's very easy. It's very simple to use. Just go to underdog, make your own picks. Like we do every week, they've got NFL, they've got any sport you want. You can get into, but we uh, of course like to do the college football here. Easy to play, available in over 30 states. You just pick between two and five players across any team and decide if they'll finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with our promo code Locked On. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Deposit 100 bucks get 100 bucks free go to underdogfantasy.com find the underdog fantasy app in the app store or google play uh, it's underdog fantasy promo code locked on get in on the college football pick 'em action today on here Locked On SEC, and uh, every week going into the weekend, we like to catch up with our buddy Taylor McHarg, uh, college football analyst, calls some games uh, for the ESPN family of networks, and he joins us now, and uh, Taylor, let's just jump into it, because I know you don't have much time, Uh, I wanted to ask you this, because I noticed this a couple weeks ago, and I've noticed it with coaches around the league, Uh, Notre Dame coach. I think it was the OC it was chewing out his quarterback on the uh, sideline, coaching him hard. We've seen at times Nick Saban coaching Bryce Young hard, Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, two very fiery guys in the SEC. What do you, you as a former quarterback, what do you make of coaches who coach hard on the sideline, especially when you're in inside of the game?
1: I think it totally depends on the player, and I know that's a cliche answer, but it's true. There are some guys that you can jump in real time, and they'll respond to it, and there are other guys that you got to walk them through it. I had a good understanding with our offensive coordinator, John Reagan. He was all over me during the week. I mean, during the week, I would get those chewings like uh, like you saw at Notre Dame, and that was a regular occurrence. Game day, to me, is usually reserved more for let's try and coach through it because the hay's in the barn. you got to go make the plays. Um, That instance was a little bit unique because it seemed like their quarterbacks needed a a kick in the pants a little bit, and and it worked. If you looked at the rest of that game, he came out, I believe that was against Cal, and he came out and played really well in the second half and then looked really good last week against North Carolina. I think it's totally different for different players. Quarterbacks, I think you tend to – uh, try and keep it more of a conversational tone on game day. And then you the rest of the week, it's fair game. I mean, look at how Jimbo coaches his guys at A&M and Brian Kelly at LSU. I mean, these are big time. They scream at you and get in your face. But game day, I, I was a little bit surprised to see that because most of the time you don't see them getting yelled at like that in real time on the sidelines.
0: Taylor, as we look ahead to some of the games this weekend, I do want to get your thoughts on the uh, the Aggies. They won two in a row. They beat Miami because the defense played so well. Offense is kind of whatever. This past week, they beat Arkansas. You know, again, Arkansas scores some points, moves the ball on them, but they come up with a huge defensive play for a defensive touchdown and ends up being the difference maker in the game. But it's so crazy looking at this line. They are going on the road at unranked Mississippi State. Yet the Bulldogs are a four-point favorite at home against top-20 Texas A&M. I mean, where are you on the Aggies? Is it hey we got to stop you know questioning and disrespecting them, or I mean, is it hey the lack of offense is going to catch up to you eventually?
1: No, I don't think you need to stop questioning them. If anything, it's it's question them even more on the offensive side. I mean, all right, let's look back two weeks ago. Arkansas got. Missouri State did whatever they wanted to Arkansas on the defensive side of the ball. Arkansas is a bottom 25 total defense in all of college football. Texas A&M had 340 yards of total offense. Their offense stinks. I mean, they are not a good offense, but they have a really good defense. They're the SEC version of Clemson. They can't score, but their defense is so good that it doesn't matter. And at some point, it will catch up with them. It didn't in this one. I think the neutral site helped. The K.J. Jefferson pick six is what did them in. That game was about to go to, I believe, a three-score deficit, or maybe it was just a two-touchdown difference. But there was a huge momentum play in that game. But A&M, this is looking like another kind of classic seven-and-five or eight-and-four, go-to-the-outback-bowl type of season for Texas A&M because they don't have the pieces on offense to compete. I mean, here coming up, you talked about Mississippi State. We'll see what happens in that one. I think mean, Mississippi State's uh, honestly in a very similar boat to A and M, but they're going to get annihilated by Alabama. I think Saban's going to throw the kitchen sink at them to try and get back at them from, from last year. And then going down the list, they can lose to Ole Miss, they can lose to Florida, they certainly can. The year games on this schedule that I think you circle and say they should win that game no matter what. South Carolina, Auburn, and UMass. Everything else, though, I think A and M can lose our conversation
0: with, uh, Taylor McCarg. Uh, Taylor, I know you, uh, got a run, but, uh, real quick, what game do you have this weekend? Cause I know the hurricane has
1: been kind of messing with everything. I was supposed to fly to Tampa Bay. Um, so I am still doing East Carolina and South Florida, but we're going to be doing it remote. So I'll actually be in Houston, uh, in a booth in Houston doing the game. Um, but yeah, they've got, they moved the game to Boca Raton and, uh, They've got ECU flying down tomorrow and it's uh, you know we've got our calls coming up with South Florida actually. so I'm, I think the kids are all glad they're getting to play this game and uh, you know hopefully for all the, the players for South Florida and their families, everybody's homes are okay right now and it's one of those things where they want to get the game in and the kids want to play, but especially for South Florida, their minds are, are on other things right now. Taylor, I know you gotta run. Uh, thanks for the time, man. We'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Thanks, guys.
0: All right, then again, our conversation with our buddy Taylor McHarg, covering college football calling games every week, and always like to get a little bit of an outsider perspective on some of the SEC games because maybe sometimes we get a little too close to it. We get a little jaded, a little biased, so I always like to get Taylor's perspective on some of the games. Uh, as he does call some SEC games from time to time, but uh, do like to get his perspective every week. All right, coming up next, the moment of truth. We're going to make our SEC Week 5 picks give you some predictions we'll get into that in just a second thank you guys for making locked on sec your first listen every day going along here locked on sec and we got to jump into it because we got uh, we got a good slate of games this week. It's not, you know, with two teams with bye weeks, it's not a fully loaded slate, but we do have finally we're getting into some, you know, several SEC on SEC games happening this weekend. So let's jump into it with our SEC week five picks. We'll start with the early game. It is Kentucky at Ole Miss. This one very intriguing because Kentucky, they're getting back Chris Rodriguez. But the question has been, How healthy is he? It's no question. Kentucky has been unbalanced through the first week. They've struggled to find that run game. Cavassier Smoke, he's not Chris Rodriguez. And so with Rodriguez returning this week, is it too much to ask of him to return to his old form and be very good on the field? Also on offense, Will Levis has been very good as well. They're on the football. Passing offense ranks 26th in the country, just at about 300 yards passing per game been connecting with his wide receivers Dane Key has come on as a freshman Tavion Robinson has been outstanding but in their first game on the road Tavion Robinson was not very good well Levis had to gut out some plays wasn't as good throwing the football down in the swamp in Florida and now it'll be another hostile environment at Ole Miss the early start time 11 a.m. Central on ESPN maybe won't be as rocking but that's why Lane Kiffin called out the fans this week and said hey what are you guys doing leaving at halftime and coming out looking like a high school stadium? So he's hoping to fire up his base. Now, Ole Miss, they are very, very good running the football. Fourth in the country at rush yards per game at 280 yards. Quinsha- Quinshawn Judkins has really come on as a great uh, back in the SEC, and he's been getting the job done. My question here, and I've posed this all week, what happens if Ole Miss has to win a game with their quarterback is jackson dart able to connect with jonathan mingo and those other receivers and make plays when he has to with his arm and not make mistakes i think this game comes down to which quarterback does not make a mistake we've seen will levis with four interceptions already on this season we've seen jackson dart be careless with the football at times i think the quarterback that doesn't make the turnover uh wins this wins this ball game but again for kentucky to win it i've got to see their Uh, run game get going and I gotta see Kentucky's run defense slow down the Ole Miss run attack this line has been at about seven all week according to our friends over at Bet Online. and the more I I was hoping it would go up to seven and a half because I would jump on Kentucky plus the seven and a half I think I may take Kentucky plus the seven just to keep it close but I've heard a few people out there kind of say maybe like a 24-21 type game or 24-20. The Ole Miss offense just a bit too much. I'm going to stick with that prediction. Ole Miss gets the win at home, but only because they're at home. Kentucky loses a tough one on the road, but they cover the seven. Next game, it is Alabama at Arkansas. And this line has been 17-and-a-half point underdog. Arkansas is at home. Arkansas is getting 17-and-a-half. Look, no doubt Alabama is very good. They've got some great players. Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young, Will Anderson, starting to come on a little bit more uh, these last couple of weeks. But that's a lot of points, man. Before the season, I made a prediction, and I predicted Alabama was going to lose a road game, and I said this was a prime spot to do it. I think Fayetteville is going to be rocking. 230 Central uh, audience on CBS. I just really wish Arkansas would not have had the – Disappointing loss to AM last week. If they were undefeated right now, I think this line would be a little bit smaller. But is it fair to be down on Arkansas? I mean look, they fumbled a the ball at the one yard line where they were going in to make it twenty-one to seven on AM. They missed their chip shot or not a chip shot, but a, a makeable field goal late in regulation where they could have again earned the win over AM. So is so is it fair to be too hard on Arkansas? I know the voters dropped them about ten spots in the polls. Seems a little bit unfair. Look, if you just want to take the bet online line odds, I'm going to take Arkansas plus the 17 and a half. It just seems like a lot of points because Alabama has struggled on the road in recent history. Going back to last year when they played down in the swamp, played a close game. When they went to Auburn last year, should have lost that game, found a way to win it. Uh, earlier this season, going to Austin, game maybe they should have lost, definitely could have lost. Bryce Young found a way to, to lead his team to a victory. Look, I picked Arkansas preseason to win this game, so I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to go with Arkansas on the upset special. It may not happen, but just at least bet on plus the 17 and a half. Look, they played them tough in Tuscaloosa last year. K.J. Jefferson's running ability helps that offense. And Alabama's defense has not truly been tested yet this season. This is going to be their first world test, trying to slow down Rocket Sanders trying to slow down K.J. Jefferson. This is a much different animal than beating up on Vandy like you did a week ago, Alabama. So that's my pick. I'm standing by it. I'll probably be wrong on Monday. But if I'm not, K.J. Jefferson, he will lead off our winners of the weekend on Monday if that happens. I think Alabama goes in and plays a good game. uh, But still question marks on that offensive line. Still question marks on who is Bryce Young's go-to target in the passing game. And I'm a little still leery about that Bama secondary. Go out and prove me wrong. If they get a couple picks, then hey, Alabama will get a much-deserved road victory in Fayetteville. Also in the afternoon, it will be Texas A&M at Mississippi State. This is the weird one, man. Mississippi State has been a four-point home favorite much of this week. The Aggies, of course, 3-1. and one, The The one loss to Appalachian State. They've come back since and beat a ranked Miami team who Turns out is isn't so good. And then they beat Arkansas this past week on a neutral field in Dallas. Mississippi State, their lone loss came at LSU in a very tightly contested game where uh, basically a, a muffed punt gave LSU the ball in a short field and kind of gave LSU control of that game. Mississippi State had cleaned up those mistakes. Maybe they win that game. Maybe they're sitting here undefeated. So a tale of two teams that have had a disappointing loss But, man, I just keep looking at it saying Mississippi State at home, Will Rogers has been so good. Six touchdown passes last week. I know Jimbo Fisher just picked up another big-time defensive line recruit uh, this week for next year's recruiting class. Had the number one recruiting class this year. A lot of good players on this team. Can they get after Will Rogers? Can they intercept him? Damani Richardson, some of these other guys in the secondary. I'm sticking with Mississippi State. I think Will Rogers is going to throw multiple touchdown passes. Can Max Johnson keep up? I don't think so. Max Johnson so far to me has looked like a good game manager, keeping drives alive with his legs at time, making good passes. But you lose the Nia Smith, your leading receiver, It's a lot of pressure on that true freshman Evan Stewart now. So we're going to take Mississippi State minus the four, and we're going to take Mississippi State to win over the Aggies. And uh, if that happens, Jimbo Fisher will be staring down the hole at a 3-2 with an Alabama game coming very soon. (laughs) Eek. Could be another four or five lost season for the Aggies after all the hopes and dreams of signing the number one recruiting class this offseason. When are they ever going to win the SEC West? Mm. In the evening, we will get LSU at Auburn. Auburn is now an eight and a half point underdog at home. Jordan-Hare Stadium at night, a tough place to play. But have you seen Auburn play recently? Didn't deserve to win the game against Mizzou. They somehow did last week, but a lot of people not feeling very confident in Brian Harson. they got to get Tank Bigsby going. Ever since the Mercer game, they have not been able to get him going on the ground. Matt House and LSU, their defense seems to get better every single week. And right now, the passing defense for LSU ranks 8th in the country, 12th in total defense, 16th in scoring defense. Tigers are very stout. But they've got to figure out some way to get some points. Robbie Ashford at quarterback. T.J. Finley is out. Ashford is going to have to use his legs to keep drives alive. That was the big problem with Auburn, particularly in the last half, a second half of the Mizzou game last week. Too many three and outs, four and outs, a lot of punts. I think at one point we exchanged 12 punts back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But LSU is, or Auburn's got to find a way to get their ground game going. Tank Bigsby, Robbie Ashford hit some big plays. Coy Moore, who was their leading receiver a week ago, uh, transferred over from LSU, so maybe there was a little bit of a chip on the shoulder there. He wants to play well against LSU. Another thing to look for here, Jaden Daniels for LSU, one of two quarterbacks in the SEC who has not thrown an interception yet. Hendon Hooker at uh, Tennessee is the other one. He's got a bye week, so he can't throw one. Does Jaden Daniels make the big mistake? This is LSU's first true road test. Remember, they opened the, the uh, season against Florida State at basically at home in the New Orleans Superdome against Florida State, the game that they lost. So this will be a first good, true test for Jaden Daniels since he's come into LSU. But 81 for 111 passing, 835 passing yards, six touchdowns. But it's Jaden Daniels' running ability that has really helped this LSU offense. LSU 29th in rushing offense in the country, 29th in passing offense. So they've been pretty balanced. I'm going to take LSU to win the game. But, man, if this line moves any bit further, I, I'm, I may even jump on the Auburn plus eight and a half. And if it gets to nine, I'm, I think I'm taking Auburn plus the nine. I think Auburn keeps it close. This rivalry, even when Auburn's been bad or when LSU's been bad, they've played a lot of close games. There was one a couple years ago, 12 to 10. I think Auburn keeps it close, but I think LSU gets a win on the Plains. And I think we're looking at Brian Harson saying, man, oh, man, what is going on with Auburn as they drop to three and two on the season? Then at night, uh, also at night, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern on the SEC Network. It'll be 4-0 Georgia at Mizzou. Georgia around a 29-point favorite, road favorite against Mizzou. I think Georgia bounces back here. They had the sleepwalking game last week against Kent State. Everybody going, what's wrong with Georgia? Man, we thought they were the most dominant defense in the country. I think they still are one of the best defenses. I think Stetson Bennett uh, continues to add to his Heisman portfolio. I think he... Throws for a handful of touchdowns. Watch Stetson Bennett in the rushing touchdowns. He's been doing that a lot this season. And I think Georgia covers the 29. I think Eli Drinkwitz, man, they've had some hiccups this week. With the tough loss at Auburn, Luther Burden scrubbing his social media only to come back and go, no, 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 I'm still here at Mizzou. But I think, uh, I think Georgia covers this number. I think they went big. And Mizzou and Eli Drinkwitz dropped drop to 2-3, and, and that hot seat starts to get... Much, much hotter for Drinkwits. Mentioned Tennessee and Vandy. They have their buys this week. And then the the Sunday game. We'll get an 11 a.m. Central, 12 Eastern game on ESPN Plus streaming. It'll be 2-2 two two Florida hosting Eastern Washington. No line on that game. But uh, expect Anthony Richardson to continue what he built off of last week in the loss to uh, Tennessee. Started to look more like that passing quarterback. We saw his running ability return. I want to see a good day from Anthony Richardson at offense and see Florida improve to 3-2 and two as they move their game uh, because of the hurricane. But a little bit of a Sunday morning special. It'll be fun uh, to watch the Gators streaming uh, before the NFL games get started. And there you have it. Those are our picks and predictions for the weekend of sec games that's going to do it for this di- edition of locked on sec i am chris gordy thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day now you can go make your second listen check and t- check out some of our other great locked on uh podcasts uh, covering all the sec teams from georgia to bama to lsu ole miss uh, florida we got you covered with A M. we got you covered just about every team that you want so just search locked on at your favorite sec school chances are you'll find a podcast talking all about that school it is locked on covering your team every day i'm chris Gordy. you guys have an awesome weekend we'll talk to you on monday with our winners of the weekend let's see if we get some of our upset specials to come true talk to you then